Hi, and welcome to Refuse the Standard Podcast. My name is Vince Turbrack, and I'm a health and fitness coach. On this podcast, you'll have the opportunity of following my sister's journey of weight loss in 2021. As you hear throughout the podcast, although she will experience weight loss, that's not the ultimate destination. My sister and I agreed to do this podcast in hopes that it will help you in your journey. My sister is a nurse, and me being a coach, naturally we love helping others. Whether your goal is weight loss or not, the coaching and tactics used to help her on her journey can be applied to you in your journey. Remember, I'm not a doctor, so be sure to consult your doctor before beginning any diet and exercise routine. We're excited for you to follow along and appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get into this week's episode. All right, all right, gang. It's the Refuse the Standard podcast, episode 11. My name's Vince Turbrack. I'm with the one and only... April Turbrack. All right, gang. We got a super exciting episode for you today. Uh, AP went on her first vacation mm-hmm. while, while, st- while trying to stick to her goals. So I know that I have a lot of clients who have things going on in life you got the family party you got the summer vacay coming up and it's how the heck do you manage having success and totally not derailing all the progress you've had aka just getting back on track so that you can continue having success after that uh after that trip or after that party so uh as always let's start ap let's start with victories and obstacles over the past few weeks yeah so the biggest victory i think is being on vacation and finally finally y'all have heard me talk about it i know some of you have seen me post the pictures but finally wearing my bikini in real life person and when i say that i don't understand why for so long i thought that like i don't know what i thought was going to happen like was somebody going to be like hey fatty take that bikini off like get off the i don't know what i thought was going to happen but i literally had the most fun ever and never once was i like oh my god look at that cellulite or look how my thought like never once I was comfortable. I had so much fun. And now I'm just sitting here shaking my head like, girl, why did you wait 30 years to put the bikini on? Like just, I should have rocked it so much longer ago. So that's like 10 out of 10 on the victory scale for me. How many vacations have you gone on to a sunny place that you've worn a bikini? Never, ever. Not once, not never. Wow. (laughs) With the exception of this one. And and wearing the bikini, is it because you're at your goal weight? Mm-hmm. No, is no. wearing the bikini because you're at your lowest weight ever? No, that's the blows my mind because I've been about 30 pounds lighter than I am now and would never, I can imagine 30 pounds lighter AP being like, yeah, let's rock this bikini because all I could see was the weight that I still needed to lose, not the progress that I had made. Love it. So definitely a little bit of age helping with the, I, I don't give a, <laughs> yes. I don't give a whatever. Word. Uh, but we would say that possibly some mindset shifts yeah. to increase your confidence and the story you've been telling yourself on maybe why you shouldn't do that has changed. Yeah. And I think weirdly too, I don't know why this helped me, but I think the um, taking progress pictures every week has been a huge mindset changer for me. Cause like just 
you know, when you feel like, oh, yeah, okay, so maybe the scale is saying what you want it to say, or maybe it even isn't, but you know you're following what you want to do and you're living out your, your power phrase or for me, happiness despite, and you just, you don't see it. You get so caught up in like the day to day that you don't see those differences, but taking that time out once a week to put my bathing suit on, take pictures, like send those pictures over, I think has like really showed me what my body is capable of and like the differences that are happening and just like makes me so much more appreciative of the body that I do have and the strength that I do have and just kind of seeing those pictures reminds me of that. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I'm definitely a big proponent of any client that comes to me, you know, that they have to love the body that they're in. They have to love who they are now. Now, of course, it's great for them to want to change and grow and become better and everything, but you have to love who you are today in order to get to the road where you're putting on a bikini for the first time in 30 years on a damn beach on vacation for the first time, right? Yes. <laughs> love it. Um, any other victories you care to share with the fine people? Mm. You know, I think, and we'll really get into this in a minute, but I think just being on vacation and, and being around other foods, there were moments like we went to um, like a Japanese, or um, not Japanese, a hibachi where like, you know, they just serve you food on food on food. And normally that would just lock and load me for a binge because one, I'm going to eat every single item they put on my plate. And two, then I'm going to go home and try and fill the rest of that void with just junk food. And I, there was like a weird moment where I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying and, you know, socializing with my cousin who I went down there with. And I was like, wow, I'm all done. Okay. So just sit here and enjoy being here and socializing and you can box this up if you want to eat it later, if you don't like, and it was enough, honestly, to eat the next day at lunch. And it was like, even there was still some left after that. So like, that's, that's a huge win as well in that moment to not normally I would go to those places, eat everything and then get home and be like, where's the rest of the snacks? Awesome. So some good, some good, uh, obviously being in a bikini, a huge victory. Yeah. And then also just recognizing some situations that it would have been easy for you to take the easy road. Uh, but you chose to take the road that allows you to stay on your goals. Yes. Love it. Okay, so with that being said, we got the easy part out of the way. We got the victories out of the way. Can we just be done? We just push that and be like, everybody listen to me. Be happy and victorious. For sure, of <laughs> course. Uh, but no, no. And, you know, the very first thing that I tell all my clients is we have to agree to be open and honest with each other. And and you need to understand that I, I have your back. I'm going all in with you. Um, but we also need to be truthful with each other. We need to sometimes just get to the point and be direct on this is an issue. This is what has to happen in order for you to reach the goals that you say you want to reach. So we had AP and I actually just basically we we had a coaching session right before this. Yep. <laughs> Was it emotional at all? Oh gosh. So emotional. So emotional. <laughs> So what what I like from a coaching standpoint is AP is great at always reaching out when things are kind of hitting the fan type of a deal. So we came up with the game plan prior to her going on vacation. Did the game plan take away from you having fun on a vacation? No. Was the game plan this overwhelming thing that you felt more stress going on vacation than just living your day-to-day -day life at home? No. No. So then, so we came up with the game plan. How successful were you with our game plan on going on vacation? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like you gave me a lot of leniency, a lot of, I don't want, leniency isn't even the right word because my plan in general is like happiness despite. So there's some some openness to what really makes me happy. But yeah, I think I would say pretty dang well, we, we stuck to the plan and, and we came home pretty pretty happy for the most part. Awesome. So then with that being said, is AP came home and as dealing with a little bit of struggles and that's what led to a little bit of the emotional conversation that we had a little bit earlier. And that's what we're excited to share with you guys is I'm guessing someone out there listening might deal with this as well. So it's always great to kind of uh, talk it out loud, how AP and I kind of talk through it, her feelings and my coaching through it. And what's so fascinating is the coaching always comes back to mindset. You know, Mm -hmm. when someone's first looking for coaching from me, they're like, well, just tell me what to eat. Sorry, we had a little bit of a, a glitch there. All right, we're back. So, you know, t- tell me how much to eat. You know, tell me. Um, so all about coming up with their nutrition plan. And then, it, and then it's like, well, just tell me what to do for exercise and just write this programming for me, which is great. And those are definitely things that I do. That's definitely things that the client needs. Uh, but what really gets overlooked is the mindset side of things, because that's ultimately what everything's going to come back to is what's your mindset on things that really determines whether you give a crap about cooking the foods that we agreed would help you reach your goals to to go do the workouts that we agreed that you would quote unquote enjoy and want to do it always comes back down um, to mindset and so that's really what this conversation that ap and i had earlier today was well it was pretty heavy on the mindset have we talked mindset before? Yeah, from from the jump, from day one, but from, yes. From day one, and so and so it continues that a lot of us are smart enough on the food side of things to know enough to help us reach the goals that we want to reach. And from an activity, sure, do you know all the perfect progressions and overload and pairing of exercising and all that stuff? Sure, maybe you don't. But moral of the story is you just need to move. Yeah, That's it. That's as simple as it gets. And if you can just do that, you'll probably have success. So, you know, you kind of already know what to do for nutrition. You kind of already know what to do for your exercise. But for some reason, there's just something that keeps coming up, that keeps throwing the, you know, the stick in your spokes that keeps tripping you up. And it's like, we, we need to address those things. It doesn't mean that I'm qualified or I can fix them. But what I am saying is, is I don't want you to avoid them and I don't want to avoid them either. And so that means that we're just going to be open and honest and we're just going to try and talk through these things. And that's where I believe, you know, one of the very first conversations, us setting up our power phrase is so important is because basically you're setting the rules on on why things are important to you. And really, no doctor, no psychologist, no friend, nobody can really change the things that are important to you. And that's what we're always coming back to is doing the things that are important to you. So with that being said, let's walk through uh, the obstacles coming back from vacation. Yeah. So I just want to briefly touch back to like the plan on vacation was basically like just continue to live out happiness despite. In my own mind, I kind of said, you know, I can still kind of track just roughly loosely just to kind of see where I'm at. And and because I'm such a data nerd that I wanted these numbers um, to go back into my tracker just to like see like, okay, when I was on vacation, how much was I intaking? But like really there was never a time where Vince said like, 
don't eat this or do eat that or bring your food scale or you have to meal prep and bring prepped food. Like it was none of that. So in a way, it was very easy for me to continue my plan because now I'm just living happiness despite but on vacation. Um, So I just wanted to touch back to like, so I didn't eat in a deficit when I was on vacation. I enjoyed nice foods and, and nice things and had a lot of fun and rocked my bikini on the beach. Um, but what, so that was all fine and good. What I didn't expect to happen, and maybe this is very foolish on my part, but I didn't expect those hunger cues and the late night thoughts of like, you know, I don't want to say binging because that's not, that hasn't happened, but just those late night thoughts that are like precursors to binging, they came in so hot. So I really pictured this happening that like, I would go have my fun and then I would immediately come home, get back on my prep and all of my mindset would just stay locked and loaded and there would be none of these like extra, hey, we're still hungry. Hey, I know you normally would be done eating now, but we're still hungry. And I was kind of sucker punched a little bit when I got home that first night and I was like, well, gosh darn, you know, I normally would stop here and I ate this good food. Like, I mean, I came home and had some salmon and asparagus and like ate like a queen was very happy. But then, you know, come that late night where I would normally binge, my mind did drift a little to hey, you, you want to eat something extra. I know you're done. I know you tracked your calories for the day. And I know it's literally three minutes before bedtime, but you want to le- eat something extra. And those thoughts really just kind of surprised me out of nowhere. Right. Okay. <laughs> so with with obviously losing weight, there needs to be a calorie deficit. Yep. Now, I'm a firm believer is you should try and eat as many calories as possible that allows you to lose weight. And, and for, for most people, it depends on your body fat percentage, but if you're losing over a pound a week, we just want to be careful with that. So AB has been losing over a pound a week. So then I check in with her and ask her some, some, some hormone questions in the sense of what are your hunger cues right now? Do you feel like you're absolutely famished? Do you feel like you're starving? Do you feel like binges? And your answer this whole time has been? No, good. No, so hunger cues is she's been feeling great. And then I'll ask her about her energy levels is obviously when you go low calories, imagine not eating for a few days, how much energy are you gonna have? They'll go run a marathon, not much. So (laughs) calories are, are a form of energy. So just asking her what her energy levels have been like and overall they've been- Fantastic. Fantastic. And then same thing with sleep, both, you know, just really focusing on, we're really big on the quality of sleep and overall your quality of sleep has been fantastic. Fantastic. So she's losing over a pound a week, which means she is definitely in a deficit. I, I would like her calories to go up a little bit and we've kind of played around with the idea, but I'm always checking in on those hormone cues and she's always giving me a positive response. So we're just kind of continuing letting those calories run where they are. Mm-hmm. So then she ended up going on vacation. Of course, when going on vacation, you tend to eat a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then now you've come back from vacation and your calories are up a little bit higher, but you're still losing weight. Correct. Awesome. So with that being said is her low calorie number pre, pre going on vacation, we could have had that bumped up just a smudge higher, but because her hunger, because all of her hormone cues were coming back as good, we just kind of left it as is. 
So then she went on vacation. You gained weight, lost weight, stayed the same. Gained on vacation. Gained. Awesome. Gained 100 pounds, gained a couple of pounds. About two. About two pounds. How many days were you on vacation? Five. Super respectable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So no big deal with that. It's obviously just getting back on track. And so my estimation is April's... April's calories were possibly a smudge low for the journey that she was on. So then her body responded with with giving her these hunger cues once she got a bunch of food in her. I also think of food as, as food is a chemical. And when you're inserting a bunch of chemicals in your body, it's just very natural for your body to want more of it. So with that being said, I'm not saying food is like cocaine. What I am saying is cocaine's a chemical and food's a chemical. That's all I'm saying. But I'm guessing I've never done cocaine, so I can't validate this. But I've seen, <laughs> seen a few TV shows where they've done it. <laughs> is, and I don't mean to laugh about cocaine. No, sorry. So with that being said is, you know, when you do a little bit of cocaine, I got to imagine you want to do a little bit more of cocaine. Sure. So I'm not saying food is cocaine if I can't make that clear enough. What I am saying is inserting a bunch of chemicals in you, you probably want to continue to insert a bunch more into you. So her hunger cues coming back is all as that means to me is we just need to bump up her calories a little bit in order to get those guys back at bay, but also to just to a point where it still allows her to lose weight because that's ultimately her goal is we still have some fat loss that we're looking to get rid of. Yes. Cool. So, so what I, what I found interesting about. All right. Once again, we had a small glitch. We are <laughs> back. Yeah, we promised that. We'll, we, I think I got to figure it out now. Um, okay. So with that being said is, is I did lose my train of thought a little bit. Uh, About increasing the calories more. Yep. And, yep. But so, still losing weight because that's ultimately the goal. Absolutely. So with that being said, going back to back going back to our conversation, April April was triggered. April was mm-hmm. triggered with with um, basically our coaching session. It was an impromptu coaching session, <laughs> as we were just having some normal conversation back and forth, and it turned into a coaching session. AP, what did I say that kind of triggered you? Yeah. Um, so you, in my mind, what I heard, and now obviously <laughs> this is my perception of it, but I heard. Think about the chemical reaction that happens if you take cocaine and then you want more cocaine. And then I attributed that, that in my mind, let me start fresh. In my mind, you were saying food is like cocaine and you can never, ever, ever have foods that are sugary or fatty or anything that might cause a chemical reaction that might cause you to binge because food is cocaine is essentially the, the sum up of is what I've heard because for the past however many years from like the first time that I've heard about, like I'm going to say back in Biggest Loser days or like back in the day, they would say, oh yeah, like food is the most addictive substance and it's something that you have to eat daily. And so in my mind, that made me the victim. That made me, I'm addicted to food and it's more addictive than cocaine because you have to eat it every day. Food or sugar? Sure. Sugar, fatty foods, greasy foods, like fried foods. Stuff like that. But food sugar's, is, sugar's the one that gets the comparison to cocaine. Well, I'm just saying in my mind, 
It was all, all, all food. Okay. And I have to eat food on a daily basis, so therefore I'm never going to have balance because I'm addicted to food, so I'm always going to binge. And just like as we were just trying to have this normal conversation, my brain spiraled so far away from that conversation because I just went back to, well, I am a victim. Like this food is so addictive that like, and I have to eat it every day and I'm never going to have balance. For sure. So a, a comment uh, associating food and cocaine got mis, misinterpreted. So when, when I talk about cocaine and food, all is I'm just talking about is just both are chemicals. Are they the same chemicals? Absolutely not. No. But are they both chemicals? Yes. And so then with that being said is do chemicals have reactions when inserted or ingested into your body? For sure. Absolutely. Do some have different responses than others? Yes. Absolutely. And so same thing is some chemical, you know, all chemicals really come down to the dose as well will have a different yeah. response. Yes. So the, you know, the poisons in the dose is where the phrase comes from. So what, what I was trying to say and what, when I'm working with my clients, really what my passion is, is just trying to help people understand every single day you need to think, every single day you probably should sleep, every single day you need to eat. Yes. Or at some level, at some point during the week you need to eat. Because you can't do any of those three for very long without dramatic consequences. Sure. So with that being said is all three of those things are chemical producing things. Mm -hmm. And so just being very protective of those chemicals that are being ingested through our thoughts, through our eyeballs, through our ears, through our mouth, yeah. just being very conscious of those things because we all want to look better, feel better, perform better. Well, what's that going to take? Some really good chemical reactions. And what do the sport athletes take in order to increase that a little bit faster, a chemical called steroids. Yeah. So with that being said, is it was just me really emphasizing the importance of, you know, our everyday habits seem so insignificant when in fact it's, it's the most significant. Sure. Um, but it gets so overlooked on like exercise. I just don't want to do it. And I just don't like broccoli. And I just, you know, I don't prioritize sleep. And it's like, fine, you, you can do that. It's, it's your life. But there are going to be some consequences to it. And especially done long enough, there's going to be some serious issues with it. So, so when AP and I were having this conversation is, is the conversation is one, one of AP's biggest struggles or really what she is, um, you know, she's obviously trying to become happiness despite, and a lot of that is controlling binges yeah. and her feeling under control during a binge. Mm -hmm. So then our conversation turned to is I felt like she has a lot of attachment to binges sure. It, as opposed to having some detachment to binges. And would it be fair to say that often binges are used for not the right solution? Binges are only ever used for not the right solution. <laughs> okay, so you can see why she wants to stop doing that. You can see why I would want to help her stop doing that. And so it's like, well, where where do binges come from as well? It's just like she's telling herself this story of like, no, it's fine. I can just have the one and no, it's fine. It's just this one time and no, it's fine. I deserve this because this shitty day happened or whatever. So it's just constantly coming back to the story that you're telling yourself. And, and in any of those scenarios, is it really fine if you just have one? Absolutely. 
if you can control just yeah. having one. Right. But if you know through history that if you just have one, you have a ton, are you lying to yourself? Yeah. And then my question is, is if someone you loved lied to you, what, how would you respond to them? I mean, they'd not be very happy. Not very, be very happy. Yeah. And so what if they kept on lying to you? Now, remember you loved them, yeah. but they kept on you lying to you. You just wouldn't trust them anymore. You would start to not trust them. So you, you would stop listening to everything they have to say. You'll, right. you'll, you'll, you know, you'll stand there and be present, but you're not going to listen to their <laughs> advice. not putting much value in it. <laughs> Absolutely. So at what point, at what point, this little voice inside of your head, do you stop putting so much value into it? Because it's lying to you. Right. And you love you. So when do you call this voice inside of your head out and be like, listen, You've said this before, but it's not true. Right. So I'm over you. This isn't yeah. the right answer. So it's just really protecting that your that your thoughts can really take you down, spiral you down a rabbit hole quickly. But it's it's calling those thoughts out. It's calling them. You would do the same thing for someone you loved lying to you. You'd call them out. But why the hell don't you call yourself out? Yeah, because I think to some extent you maybe don't always know that you're lying. Or you just so badly in the moment want to do what you intuitively don't want to do that you're like, oh, yeah, that that voice of reason makes so much sense. Whereas if anybody else came into your life and told you that in the moment, like you're laying there in bed and it's, you know, 15 minutes before bedtime and you're like, okay, I'm going to go get the ice cream and the chips and some candy and I'm just going to have some of it and then go to bed. Well, if a friend came in your room and was like, hey, we're just going to eat ice cream, chips and candy in a small small amount and then go to bed, you'd be like, "Mm, is that what we really want to do? But like when it's your own voice and you're by yourself and it's what you want like whatever subconsciously want to do or it sounds like an easy out then you just listen to it even though in the moment and after the moment you know like that that wasn't the right voice to be following so it would be a good idea it would be a good idea to have some filtering of some thoughts to to think about what you're thinking about yeah yeah and I think from the from the moment your feet hit the floor, because for me, a binge rarely was just pr- uh, led on by one moment or one thought. It's like it typically would be an all day thing like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. This day is so hard. When's this day going to be over? I can't wait to get into my bed. Why are these people bothering me? Like, why can't this just day be done? And then like, oh my gosh, then you're driving home. You're like, oh my God, what a terrible day this is. And like, when I say this, like the sun could be shining, some wind on your face, like just a beautiful scenario. But I've done, built everything up so long in my head that I'm like, this is terrible. And then you get home and your brain's like, yeah, we're just going to have a little bit of something. We're just going to go have those candies that we picked up from the grocery store because we're just tired and we just want to relax and enjoy a show and we're just trying to have balance and then next thing you know I'm like well I brought the whole bag in my room so obviously I'm going to eat the whole bag like it's just like lying to yourself all day and then finally just being like giving into the lie that like yeah that that makes sense for sure so so thinking about what you're thinking about would be super valuable and and trying to do that while you're dealing with a stressful situation, while just dealing with it whenever you would normally have a binge is probably going to be hard to do. Yeah. So it's it's trying to be proactive with it to the best of your ability. But then I would also challenge you 
if it is possible that you feel the situation coming on trying to evaluate it, if it is happening trying to evaluate it, but always trying to think about what you're thinking about and trying to weed through what's beneficial and what's not beneficial. And what really helps with that is having a big picture goal. What's your big picture goal? So that can always help you redirect on, is this true or is this not true? Yeah. Am I telling myself a lie or am I telling myself the truth? The question is, is it going to lead you towards your big picture goal? Right. And if the answer is yes, then it's probably as truthful as you, as it can be for the moment. And if it's not, it's at least probably not true for now, maybe forever, but at least for now, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And I think, interestingly enough, I don't know why this is like opening up a new part of my brain to think about this differently, but I feel like a lot of vacation, though I did try and be mindful of like drink water and I moved my body every day, and whether that was a walk on the beach or a little beach workout, like I did try and just be aware, but I don't know now that I think back on it, how much I actually thought about the thoughts that I was thinking. You know what I mean? Like if I were at home and I were thinking these same thoughts, there would be a good chance that I'd be like, hey, snap it, snap together. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? What's going on? And I think just a part of being vacation mode is I just think I like let my mind wander down avenues of like, what if I go home and all I do is binge after this? And I think in a way I'm a big person that I can like build things up in my mind and then like lash out in a binge, not realizing of building those things up. So I think a part of my, what I feel was a little bit of falling short of my goal when I came home is just not working on my mindset when I was there, Mm. when I was on vacation. Because you're still going to think while you're on vacation. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You're thinking things, but I just didn't think about the things that I was thinking. Whereas when I'm home, I'm such in like habits and routines and things that I think about thinking. And then I think I just got out of that habit. Just get, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. So vacation is a good, a good reason just to kind of let loose. I would just be careful what you're letting loose of. Yeah. Yes. Cause how easy is it to just kind of wrangle in some thoughts that are not helpful to me or anyone else around me is mm-hmm. very easy. You can think about what you're thinking about without barely breaking a sweat. Like good. Yeah. Good. So if we just, if we just quickly uh, go back to, you know, these, this thought, movement, food, sleep, you know, are all chemicals and we should all just be aware of their effects. And yeah, yeah. in a day eating, eating a certain way, not that big of a deal. But if we go through some of these scenarios, we can see where it would maybe be a big deal. Imagine if you never moved from your couch for the next 30 years. Obviously, that'd be pretty hard, but people could serve you things. And do you think your life would be dramatically different than if you had some regular movement? Yes. Of course. Well, what if you always ate a box of donuts every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Would your life have a different trajectory than if you had three well-balanced meals? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And then what happens if you just never slept? Would you have a dramatic... Be miserable. (laughs) And it wouldn't last very long because you can't live without it. So we can see in, you know, what makes these things issues is their chemical responses to your body. Mm -hmm. And then my question to you is, what if you never had a binge again? Would you die? No. Would your life be, you know, what, what would the trajectory of your life be if you never binged again? Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So, so my question is, is like, if you never binged again, it would make your life incredible. Why is there still so much attachment to like, I have to have that in my back pocket. 
And that's because, well, most likely you've just always used it as a solution, but there's just this story that you tell yourself that it's a solution when we both know, is that true or not true? It is not a solution. It is not a solution. Now, what the solution is, who knows? Right. I, I don't always know how to fucking handle, a, excuse my language, I don't always <laughs> know how to handle a stressful day and type of a deal, but yeah. I know that be, you know, binge eating is not Never the solution. Never the answer, right. It's not the solution. So it's just constantly like, how, how do I overcome this situation? And doing your best not to overcome it with things you know for sure are not the solution. Yeah. So with that being said is just so just trying to detach that that binging is not a solution, even though the majority of your life you've you've qualified it as a solution or Mm -hmm. it's just this one time when really it's not. Right. Okay. so it's detaching. It's getting away from that being a solution and then attaching yourself to the things that are important to you. What's important to you? My family, my being a nurse. Yeah. So, so life, <laughs> living a good, happy life. Yeah. So, Jesus. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so then, you know, what I would challenge you with is, you know, think about a stressful day at work and imagine someone you love presented you with a stressful day of work. How would you want to help them overcome it? Just like hearing about and, and talking them through it and trying to come up it with solutions if possible. Love it. And, and doing, doing what they can do would probably be best. Yeah. So whatever the, you know, whatever the hectic thing was that happened is trying to come up with solutions that they can do and that will help them get out of that situation. Yeah. Okay. So, so you helping walk them through, you helping walk them through. So talking to yourself, walking them through it towards a solution that will help them, you know, reach their goal or get out of the pain type of a deal. So why don't you do that for you? When you're dealing with a stressful situation, why don't you just stop and say, listen, man, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. And what I'm guessing is, is you, you have things in your life that you used to think were stressful, but aren't stressful anymore. You, correct. I got to imagine a bunch of the nursing stuff when you were first learning it was stressful. <laughs> yes. And now it's like, yeah, I could stick a needle in someone's arm. No problem. It's yeah. of a deal. So, and then, you know, how did you overcome that? You overcame it through, listen, this is my job. This is something I need to get better at. This is something I need to practice. This is a fear that I have to overcome type of deal. And is it beneficial for you to overcome it and make it not stressful? Yes. Okay. Or just avoid it. No, you face it head on. (laughs) Okay. So you face it head on with things you can do and, and maybe you needed to practice. Maybe you needed an instructor to help you, whatever it was, you needed to come up with a solution to help you get it passed. Yeah. So I just challenge you, you know, when, when faced with the binging is we detach from it. It's not a solution. And then we face what the solution is head on as if we're helping someone we love through their stressful moment. Yeah. And just what's so fascinating is we're so quick to want to help others, which is awesome. (laughs) Yes. But why are we so slow to helping ourselves? Right. And so that's, that's the takeaway from this vacation and this struggle type of a deal is just stopping and saying, listen, how can I take care of me? Yeah. I had some bumps in the road and that's why well, I love bumps in the road. I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I love them because yeah. I, I love that we're always having to change. We're always having to pivot. We're always having to deal with things. And the people that say, listen, bring it on, yeah, bring it on. 
is definitely someone more likely to overcome it than someone who says, please, not another one, please, not another one. And I mean, I've only lived 39 years on this planet, <laughs> uh, but it seems like it's inevitable that something's always going to come up and you're better off voluntarily going to kill the dragon yeah. than trying to just always hide, to you. Yeah. always hide from the dragon. <laughs> yes. So like that's, that's, you know, so when someone faces adversity, obviously it's not easy. I don't always have the solutions, but I do know facing it head on with things that will probably lead to your solution is best than things that we know for sure aren't. We're just hiding, hiding under the shield. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this needs to be said because people aren't watching this on like a YouTube video, but I'm sure you can hear in the tone of my voice. This is kind of a hard thing to talk about. And I think coming to today, like to the realization of like, I don't, didn't think that I put high attachment value to binging because I know that it's wrong. I know that it's a destructive behavior. I know that it's not what happiness despite looks like. And so I think just coming to the realization of like, this is something that for so long, if you would ask me like, what is my number one tool for dealing with stress, for dealing with being overtired, for dealing with being upset about something, it would be to binge. And so like having this conversation right now, it's like, no, we're going to take that away because that actually isn't a tool. All that is, is like, it, it makes things worse. And so I just felt like I should should explain why my voice is getting cracked up or whatever as as we talk about this, because it is very emotional and something that clearly I've put some attachment to over my many years of, of going through this journey. For sure. So so you guys got to hear some live coaching happening. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so thank you for sharing that and seeing some revelation in that. And so with, with detaching away from binging as a solution is what should happen is, is now it becomes less of a thought. Yeah. Because now it's just not a thing. Right. And if it's not a thing, then it's not a thing. Then it's just that's something you have to think about. So it's not going to take motivation or a pep talk or discipline. It's just not a thing. Right. And so that's the ultimate goal. And I'm, I'm assuming that will need some work to it. But the more you can hype up of like, yeah, I just don't want to have to think about it. Then you have to detach all the reasons you used to think about it or you used to use that as your as your fixes or solutions. Love it. What do you got for the good people? Um, I mean, I feel like that's, that's enough for them to chew over and honestly reach out to us. If you are someone that like, you're just feeling stuck and you're feeling like you can't stop listening to those voices that are telling you that the binge is the answer, or that donut is the answer or laying on your couch and doing nothing is the answer. Cause more often than not, you'll find after the fact that those things weren't, weren't the answer and that there could have been something like facing it head on that actually was the answer. Love it. It's not better macros. It's no. not a complex to a day exercise program. It's working on your mindset. Yeah. Think about what you're thinking about. 
Figure out the things that are truthful, but you have to have a goal to really better understand that. So have a goal so you can start delineating this is truthful and this maybe just isn't truthful right now and start trying to add more truthful things to your life and call out that liar in your dang head like you would yes. call out someone that keeps on lying to you um, and you'll have such leaps and bounds uh, moving forward. And the deal is, is it's it's... It never ends. It never yeah. ends till it's over. It's only one day that it's over. Yeah. All the other days are going to happen. There's only <laughs> one that does it. Right. So, so getting a grasp on on this will play a big role. And we know nutrition, you know, nutrition chemically can play a role with your mindset. So protecting your nutrition. We know that activity. So protecting your time to be active. Those things are so important to just help fuel this mindset, but it's ultimately going to come down to a mindset regardless of what your goals are. Yes. Preach that. (laughs) Hear that, people. Rewind that part. Listen to it again. If if you're anything like me, I'm over here assuming that people have similar struggles to me and I think maybe I might be onto something. So if, if that, if you felt like that resonated with you, rewind it, take, jot down some notes and like, let's start dealing with this stuff together and, and just living out whatever your power phrase is for me, happiness despite. Love it, guys. Reach out. We love you guys. Thanks for the support, and we'll see you guys here next week. Okay, love you. Bye.